This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault, and today we're going to be talking about the new Oscar rules. As I'm sure you may have heard in the last week or so, uh, the Academy Awards decided to announce that they were going to shake things up and change things around, which on the surface sounds like a great idea. We keep hearing year after year about how ratings are at the lowest they've ever been and they can't seem to get new viewers in and the show runs for so long that people end up just turning it off or not caring anymore by the time the big important awards actually get handed out and there's always quibbles on how things are done and what the host is and what the jokes are and what the monologue is and the musical performances, who's there, who's not there. Every year, there's always going to be an issue. No one will ever always be happy, which is completely understandable. You're dealing with a show that is broadcast to millions upon millions of people in North America and around the world. Getting a host that will be both funny and light to the audience at home while also entertaining the crowd in front of them while not embarrassing them or offending them is a really difficult position to straddle. There's a reason why that, you know, with the exception of Jimmy Kimmel, who's been back the last few years, they've gone through hosts like hotcakes in the last, you know, decade plus of the awards existence with no one really doing more than two shows before realizing this gig is way too tough. So the idea of the Oscars trying to change things around and mix things up, I am totally okay with. Personally, uh, I would love to make my own changes. The big one would be, I think there should be an award for stunt performers, or at least stunt coordinators, teams, something like that. I think they are a group of artists who are severely overlooked by the industry and haven't really gotten their due and it would be great if people kind of knew more about who these people were that said the oscars did not make that change instead they made three very big changes and i'll go over from least affecting to most affecting the first being the timeline change, which in essence is awards will now be handed out in early February instead of late February. In the past, you know, last few decades, the Oscars have always kind of been the end of February, that last Sunday before the month turns into March. What they are proposing to do is now move them up to being the first Sunday in February. What this actually means is for on a pro side is that the award season has been dragging out for months. It unofficially starts with the Toronto International Film Festival, which is uh, the beginning of September and runs until the Oscars, which is the end of February. By the time that rolls around, a lot of people don't care anymore. It's hard to stay invested in these sort of things. You know, you've got the big award shows like the Golden Globes, but then you also have tons and tons of smaller award shows, ones that, you know, not to belittle their significance, people don't care about as much about whether it's the the BAFTAs, 
or the Spirit Awards or the Gotham Awards or every single uh, city's critics groups awards, things like that. There's a lot to care about. And by moving it up to the beginning of February, that's almost a full month that we kind of can get over this and move on with our movie year, sort of speaking. So that's kind of a, an interesting concept to do it. Now, as far as the cons of this, there's still a lot that we don't know about. For now, the 2019 Oscars will stay at the end of February. It'll take place in 2020. So this is something that will be happening later on. But does this mean that nominations will be announced earlier too? We we get a little over a month from the time that the nominations are announced to the awards ceremony. Does that mean that will the nominations will still be announced end of January and we'll only have two weeks maybe to start watching all these movies? Or does this mean that nominations are going to come out end of December, first week of January? Um, and then, you know, the Oscars basically used to be like the, the bowl championship series in college football to kind of drop a sports reference in where along the way, there's tons of smaller awards handed out and you get to see who the front runners might be. Races change and they morph depending on who wins the awards and who doesn't, or at least they appear to be in the public eye because for the most part, ballots are cast fairly early on before a lot of these major awards are announced. But you know, you go, Oh, look who won the Golden Globes. You know, for the last X amount of years, that means that this movie has gone on to win this amount of times or the BAFTA is seeing who gets you know, uh, best ensemble or something and, and you, and you go, Oh wow, that usually is a precursor for best director and the film editing awards go, Oh, that always coordinates with, with the best picture as well. So it's really interesting that that might change. Does this mean that the awards that typically come in the beginning to mid of February are going to stay there. So the Oscars will be before them now, or does this mean everyone is going to push up their dates? And that means it's going to be even more condensed pack schedule where it seems like every other night there'll be a different awards handed out. This is something that we don't really know. And I think because we have a full year until this date change comes into effect, we'll start to see what other organize organizations do in rebuttal of this announcement. Uh, and then also, you know, there's people like me. If you, uh, if you pay attention to this podcast, I basically do what I've learned is called the Oscars death race, which means you watch literally every single nominated film or at least try to. Um, but there's usually a bunch of smaller films, typically the foreign ones that don't get wide release dates. Even in a city as big as Toronto, where I live, uh, until right around the Oscars, there's been times where I'm, you know, looking at my calendar and being like, all right, this movie comes out on Friday and the Oscars are on Sunday. Guess I'm going to the movies this weekend before the, before the show, uh, airs. And so it would make cramming hard to do for people like me, you, you know, where there's not a, a, there is a sizable population of Oscar watchers who who do get involved in this and try to watch as many as they can and want to be informed watchers. This is going to greatly affect uh, the marketing scheme of some films as well. I, I saw a good quote that said, uh, after the Oscars air, how many people care about watching the four losers of the best actor category? They want to see who won, not who lost. They don't care anymore. 
we all have a finite amount of time, a finite amount of money to spend on going to the movies or renting or buying them or streaming however you watch films. And by shortening that period when the release calendar, the wide release calendar for these films won't change is greatly going to affect that. So who would like to begin today? I'm going to tell you something I have never told anybody. You change your dreams and then you grow up. And I'm tired. Problem is, this is the only thing I ever felt good doing. Now I'm sure of one thing at least. Wanna be perfect. Practically perfect in every way. We've nearly missed it, but we've got it. The second big change is broadcast shortening. Right now, the ceremony is excess of three and a half, closer to four hours some years, and is going to be capping at a hard three hours starting with this year, which will result in some smaller categories that are going to get handed out during commercial breaks and then edit it and played later in the show where it's basically just going to be and the winner is and here is their speech. If it's a short speech, they'll probably show it all. If it's a longer speech, they might just show, you know, 10 seconds of it. We really don't know how exactly this is going to be. But in essence, it's going to be a hard three hours. So the pros of this is, you know, casual watchers always decry the length of the show, where it usually ended going up until midnight on Sunday when people need to be up early for work the next morning. That's completely understandable. You know, there's, I usually take the Monday after the Oscars off. I usually consider it my high holiday. So, um, so I, I definitely make time for that, but lots of people don't. And, um, in order to watch every single film and know everything that's nominated, most people don't really care about that. The difference between sound editing and sound mixing and have never heard of any of the shorts unless they play in front of one of the Pixar or Disney films. They don't care about those categories. And that's usually when you get a lot of people that sort of tune out. That's, you know, they go and make themselves a drink. They go to the bathroom, you know, get another snack, things like that. So they really don't care about those things. So in, in essence, for, for the more casual watchers, this is going to be a positive thing for them. But on the flip side, you know, for serious movie buffs, every category means something. Even documentary short and film editing and taking away those categories for what will be the biggest moment of these winners is kind of cruel. Um, when the winners get announced, they either have super short thank yous where they, they go up and they go, I'd like to thank my wife. Thank you to the director. Um, thank you to all my amazing crew who helped me be here. Have a good night. Or, they give some really great impassioned speeches. You hear about the struggles of, of their upbringing, uh, how they, you know, are an immigrant in the country and they've worked their way up and managed to lead a successful life and they owe it all to their parents for believing in them. And there's usually also sometimes a touch of politics in some of these speeches, especially with the shorts where the, you know, the winning film might be about people dealing with uh, a disease and how they can overcome it and knowing someone that died in the process of making these films. And it's all very touching and heartwarming usually leads to being some of the best speeches of the night. And really, instead of catering to the people who don't care about the Oscars that much anyways, cater to the people that love them. You know, you're trying harder and harder to 
get the attention of a dwindling marketplace who just wants to see the winner's list at the end of the night, why? They don't care. They'll look at it anyways. They just... it doesn't matter to them if the Oscars air on TV or don't air on TV. They don't care. What you should be doing is focusing on the people who, you know, want to celebrate film. They are going out of their way and watching all of the nominated films that they want to have informed, passionate debate about what the meritocracy of Oscars mean. You know, we all... All of us film buffs will roll our eyes sometimes at the Oscar. We're like, oh, I can't believe this was nominated. Oh, Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning movie? Oh, my God. But at the end of the day, we do it because we like it. We care. We know awards mean nothing in the grand scheme of art and the way films are remembered. Uh, no one remembers that How Green Was My Valley beat out Citizen Kane for Best Picture but everyone remembers Citizen Kane being great. You don't need the award to, you know, fully compensate you. But at the same time, it's nice to use as a bit of a measuring stick. You know, it's for people who want to dive deeper into film. It's a good jumping off point. Well, all the best pictures aren't great. And if you have been listening to my, uh, series going through the different best picture winners decade by decade you'll know that a lot of them are actually frankly quite terrible but it's a great starting off point it allows you to have a discussion it allows you to dig deeper into a director's filmography or see other films like it or the ones that maybe even beat out things like that um and With this, if you're trying to cut it down, you already could be cutting down things like monologues or montages or musical performances or gags involving surprising regular people to cut down on time. Now, admittedly, I love the montages. I think they're always really fantastic and they do a great way of reminding me why I love film. And the musical performances, for the most part, are all right. You know, uh, I could usually care less about most of them. I know some people, that's their favorite part. But my point of this is that there's different ways you can cut down on time. You don't need a 15-minute intro to the show when you could be using those 15 minutes better or having a half-an-hour segment where you have someone using a hot dog cannon firing food into a crowd watching a wrinkle in time across the street from the Oscars. That sounds like a load of BS, But that happened at last year's ceremony. Why do they need that? You don't. It's superfluous. So really, I think there's better ways to cut down on time. I'm okay with capping it at a hard three hours, but maybe do it a bit smarter instead of, you know, just taking away winner's time from the spotlight that they have rightfully earned. You never wanted to look beyond the clouds and the stars. Or to know what causes the trees to bud and what changes the darkness into light? Where should we be if nobody tried to find out what lies beyond? The last major change that is the biggest is this so-called popular movie Oscar. While the details are scarce at this moment, in addition to the Best Picture Award, there will be a second large award called the Best Popular Movie Award handed out. Like I said, details are scarce. What does that mean? 
Does that mean that it's going to be only from major studios? Does this mean that films have to have uh, made a certain amount of money? Will it be uh, a top percentage of the biggest films released in the year? Does it mean that... I don't know what it means. The Academy has yet to actually define what these rules mean. I'm sure in private they have a good idea what it is, but the fact that they haven't publicly released it or even sent it out to their members yet means we really have no idea what this means. So why are we getting up in arms about this? Well, because there, frankly, is a lot to talk about. But, you know, I will be fair. I will give some pros to this. This potentially will make more small-budget films get the recognition they deserve, as anywhere from two to four popular films get nominated every year in the Best Picture category. That means if you're keeping the Best Picture category at 10 films, that gives more spots for independent films, foreign films, maybe even other types of films that don't normally get Best Picture nominations, whether they be documentaries, which there's never been one, or animated films, which there's only been a small handful. So how they'll all play out will be very interesting to see. You know, at the very first Oscars, there were actually two categories. There was Best Picture Production, which went to Wings, which is regarded as the Best Picture winner. And then Best Picture Unique in Artistic Production, which went to Sunrise. So it could happen again. These categories could live in harmony, even though it really was only for that very first Oscar ceremony that that happened. Afterwards, they scrapped it and only went to one Best Picture winning. And depending on your thoughts on the Best Animated Feature, which gave more animated films their time to shine, this would do the same. You know, like I said, there'd be more smaller films that would populate the Best Picture category, but it would also give recognition for films, uh, bigger films that don't normally get their due that are just called popcorn flicks, whether that would be uh, comedies, which rarely get nominated, horror films also, different genre ones, whether it be sci-fi or Western, which I know there isn't really any Western movies being released as much anymore especially on a major scale um animate it or even you know action superhero movies so hold your tongue before i get into the cons because you know uh, i definitely have some thoughts on that as well but you know best picture category for decades was just five films and after the dark knight got snubbed they finally realized after such an uproar that they needed to expand it to 10 films. So what was dubbed the Dark Knight rule essentially allowed us to have big films get the recognition they deserve. Films like Inception and Mad Max Fury Road uh, all got nominated for Best Picture because they rightfully deserve to be there that under the old system of just five nominees most likely would not have been included. Now, All that said, you're going to hear what I really think about all this, which is the cons about a popular movie Oscar award. So like I said, depending on your thoughts on Best Animated Feature, this would just be another category for Disney to win. Disney, which owns ABC, which is the Oscars broadcaster, hasn't had a proper Best Picture nomination since The Sixth Sense back in 2000. Disney, between themselves and Pixar, who they now own, have won 12 of the 16 animated film Oscars, routinely beating far superior films like The Red Turtle, Loving Vincent, Anomalisa, and The Tale of Princess Kaguya in recent years. 
If you look at the year's most, the best reviewed film, best reviewed popular films, you'll see titles like Black Panther, Avengers Affinity War, and Incredibles 2, with Christopher Robin, Wreck-It Ralph, and Mary Poppins sequels all coming later this year's, which, I don't know if you realize, all of them are Disney films. And you could presumably, not real saying right now, but you could probably pencil them in in this so-called Best Popular Film Award. And this doesn't even include a potential Fox merger, which has been ongoing for almost a year now. Will they, won't they, what's happening with shares, what's happening with property rights or smaller studios being involved with it, what's happening with the TV side of things, all of which are so many different questions, all adds up to be basically being a Disney award year in and year out. Fox already sort of has this prestigious air to them and if disney buys that studio then they will also be uh basically buying all these prestigious awards too disney actually owned a bunch of smaller film uh distribution companies that routinely uh gets oscar nominations as well so they definitely aren't any stranger to it, but it's their big films. Now, the reason why is because for the most part, the Disney brand only releases PG to PG-13 rated films that are politically safe for all to see, whereas smaller studios can are able to do more riskier subject matter, uh, have R-rated uh, films, whether that be due to violence, gore, sexuality, uh, nudity, um, drug use, things like that, where it kind of pushes the envelope and allows for a harder rating to be used, which typically the Oscars favor. And it just sort of kind of rubs everyone the wrong way, this idea that Disney can essentially buy themselves an Oscar. You know, we talk about people not caring about the Oscars or things like that. And the truth is having Oscar wins and nominations too really helps a film as far as its second life once it comes out of the theaters. It gets people who only have a certain amount of movies, movie time a year to go out and have a bit of a guide of what they can look at and say, hey, if this was nominated, I'm probably likely to enjoy it. Not for sure, but likely. You know, uh, so movies that make a lot of money, that's their recognition. They make tons of money. Movies that don't make a ton of money, their recognition comes in the form of awards nominations. So it allows them to market themselves and be more widely seen and available in ways that, you know, it's just frustrating that it looks like it'll just be dominated because Avengers gets an Oscar next to their DVD cover that doesn't come from special effects doesn't really seem fair to me. Uh, and you know, what's going to happen? You have, uh, black Panther, which is a Disney Marvel movie has a legit shot being nominated for best picture. Does that mean that it's going to be a shoe in to win the best popular film? You look back to a film like Inside Out, which got a best picture nomination, which basically meant for sure it had to win the best animated feature, which of course it did because Disney and Pixar dominate that category. How is it going to work? Is there going to be allowed to be overlap? So 
you have these popular films uh, like A Quiet Place. Is that going to be nominated for both Best Picture and Best Popular Film? How is that going to work? Are they going to for sure win one, lose both, win both even? How is how How are these going to work for what is essentially the same award? It's a bit frustrating for sure. You know, in recent years, Best Director and Best Picture awards don't always go hand in hand, which as I say every, as I say every year, I'm a big proponent of that happening. I definitely think that the best cohesive film can should win best picture, but the most unique vision in pulling together different things should win best director. Can they be the same thing? Yes, they can, but I often think that they are not and will have different opinions on who I think should win each one. So how is that going to work for best popular film and best picture? We really don't know. At this time, you know, I think a lot of people are probably just up in arms because they don't like change or because the Academy has been so vague that they don't really know exactly how to feel. But I definitely think there are some real legitimate gripes to be had. How this all plays out, we're definitely going to see, and I'll make sure to include podcast updates once we know more information. So for sure this year, there will be a shorter broadcast and a Best Popular Film Award. Next year, the timeline changes. Those are the three big changes happening to the Oscars. Make sure you go to liveandlimbo.com where the show notes will be and I'll have some interesting articles that also lay out the pros and cons of these changes and some different think pieces. And I would love it if you go to uh, podchaser.com where you can uh, rate and review the ContraZoom podcast. It aims to be the IMDb of podcasts where you can find individual episodes and shows and so much more great information. All you need is a Facebook account and you can log in and you can rate and review and it would mean so much as it's going to help grow this show. Same token, if you've never gone on to the iTunes site, you can also rate and review this show and that also will be incredibly helpful. You can follow me on Twitter at DGAPA and you can follow the show at ContraZoomPod. Hit me up. Let me know what you think of these rule changes, how things are going to affect it. Am I just being overdramatic or what? Who knows? But yeah, send me your thoughts your way and I love to have a discussion about it. Have a great day.